Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. You know, I was thinking, Liz, it has been so long since we actually had a summer. I know. Summer is usually like our fall. And I mean, we're still going to be working, but it's going to be so nice. And here's what we should do. Remember, we were supposed to take a little trip for our 20th. <gasps> writing partner anniversary i'm thinking this summer might be the time to do it i think so perhaps when our kids are at camp let's plan it okay (laughs) yay Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're tackling part one of our spring listener questions. That's right, Sarah. We received so many great questions, (laughs) we just had to split our answers into two episodes. But first, Sarah, we want to congratulate Chris Gillibo, who is our fellow Onward Project podcast person, who is releasing his 2,000th consecutive episode of Side Hustle School on June 23rd. Wow. I mean, this is our 265th episode, I I believe. 2,000. I mean, that is amazing. Congratulations, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, Side Hustle School is so great. It's five to 10 minutes a day. And Chris talks about a different side hustle that a listener has successfully brought to fruition. So it's really great if you want a side hustle. It has great tips Great stories, great inspiration. So 2,000 consecutive episodes. Wow. And Sarah, to be clear, that's 2,000 days in a row because it's a daily podcast. So hats off. Okay, Liz, let's dive into our listener questions. This one comes from Vanessa. Vanessa. 
She said, I've noticed there's a common thing in TV shows. I feel like it's usually sitcoms where the characters will be talking about something in the past and they'll cut to a flashback. You're watching the actors in a whole other set that you may never see again. There's a quick joke and they cut back to the present day. The whole thing takes like 30 seconds, maybe. I noticed it a lot in How I Met Your Mother, but I've seen it elsewhere, too. My question, do they build an entire new set for just that 30-second bit? That feels like it's so much work. They're always funny, but they don't always move the plot forward. They feel like the cherry on top, kind of. So I'm wondering how the people in charge decide whether those quick Hmm. flashback scenes are worth the effort and added cost slash script length slash time. That's such a fun question. Well, it's all about the budget. Um, The bigger the budget, the more you can do that kind of thing. Now, I will say, Sarah, if the show is being taped like on a studio lot, there may be another set they could use just there. They could go. So you don't always have to build an entire set or they could do it on location somewhere, which does come with costs, but they're not necessarily building an entire set for 30 seconds. Right. And most sitcoms, most shows have swing sets, which... When we had our first meeting on like our first freelance and the executive producer said swing set, we literally pictured the thing on the playground. We were like, yes. what the heck is a Why swing set? Why do they set? need a swing set for this? <laughs> uh, but a swing set is a set that can become many different things. It's a space that you use for the hospital room, for the waiting area, for the yeah, whatever, the for the random friend's yeah. bedroom. Yeah. yeah. For those scenes where you won't be there for very long. But Yeah. That's production designers are amazing. They read a script. They like have this thing that's on screen for 30 seconds and they create a whole new world that has to be accurate to the time and the character and all of those things. So, yep, they do. And I think for a show like (laughs) How I Met Your Mother, those flashbacks were very important. I mean, it was inherent to the show to have those. So you would value that as highly important. For another show where a flashback isn't so important, maybe it would go away somewhere along the way. Yeah, That's fun. And this comes from Anne-Marie. She says, I don't watch much reality TV, but got into selling Sunset at the beginning of the pandemic because of Liz's recommendation. I didn't even remember that I recommended that. So now that I'm caught up on the latest season, my question for Liz as a fan and a TV writer, how much of the story in reality TV is truly reality and how much is fiction? And then she says she's specifically thinking of last season's Christine Emma's storyline that was truly bonkers. (laughs) Well, the short answer is I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I love to get into reality TV and think it's all real. I think a lot of times it's the editing, as we know. I think it's something like Selling Sunset, which is very much leaning into the soap. I think probably less of it is real. But according to what I have gleaned from social media, Christine, for instance, really is on the outs with all of the women from Selling Sunset. So I think it's a real thing that she's on the outs with them. Or if you take Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, there truly was a major rift between Lisa Vanderpump and the rest of the women. So I think even if some of it starts out as like a produced storyline, maybe it becomes real. But anyway, I think uh, I'm going to say most of it is real, but some of the situations are manufactured. For instance, the Kardashians, when they go teepee their mom, I think that's manufactured (laughs) by producers. But if Kim Kardashian is getting divorced, that's real. Yes. 
Okay, this question comes from Tracy. She wrote, I finally got around to watching The Shield, and I can't stop thinking about the Shane Vendrell storyline and ending. How did that come to be? Well, we were not on the show by the time the last season rolled around. We had moved on to create Women's Murder Club, but Liz's husband was on it. And for those who haven't seen The Shield, we won't give it away, but it is the most wrenching ending for anything ever, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it's a brutal ending for Shane. I think that that just the writers got together and decided it just was the thing that made sense. Like it was where they saw Shane's story going um, and they couldn't think of another ending. I didn't really like that ending, to be honest, for Shane. I probably would have argued against it had I been there. And lost, because ultimately <laughs> it's whatever Sean wants, of course. Sean Ryan, the creator of The Shield. So, but it certainly sticks with you. Yeah. And it was an ending that you knew about, because Adam was on the show, for a long time. Yes. And then I went, along with you and all the other people associated with the show, to a, a huge screening of the last episode and you had managed to keep it for me the whole time. And I mean, it was gutting truly. Yeah. I probably would have argued against it as well, just because I, it was so painful, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. Okay. And then she also asked Sarah as a veteran teacher and a new mom, I'm wondering about your decision to homeschool Violet without invading your privacy. I'm curious about the thought process to pull her from school and what red flags you encountered. Mm. That's an interesting question. Well, I should say that I homeschooling was not on my bingo card for 2022 or any other (laughs) year. (laughs) I, I have been incredibly lucky throughout my entire life to have amazing teachers and schools and administrators. And Violet has had the same. And I'll just say that was not our experience at this school. And it was... When your kid is crying every night and you feel like they're being more damaged by their school experience than uh, educated or enlightened or growing, then you decide that it's not a good place for them. So I didn't really have a plan B. So (laughs) that's why I was homeschooling her. And it ended up actually being a really good thing. So, yeah. So that's why. Yeah. So crying every night, definitely a red flag. Red flag. Connie asks, did Fox tell you that you would have to film two episodes at a time up front before you signed your contract? She's referring to (laughs) Fantasy Island filming many of the episodes as double days. Do other Fox shows operate this way? If you gain more momentum going forward, will they give you a bigger budget? Will they allow you not to film two episodes at a time? I just wish you could have more breathing room. Thanks. Oh, Connie, you're so nice. I know. Thank (laughs) Thank you, you. Connie. (laughs) Well, first of all, it's really more of a studio decision. The studio is Sony. Um, They're in charge of production and budget. So it's really, um, I would call it a Sony decision. No, we absolutely didn't know that before we signed our contract. It wouldn't have kept us from signing the contract, but we did not know that. In fact, I mean, that hadn't been decided. That was something that was decided along the way. Do other Fox shows operate this way? I highly doubt it. Although I know they have in the past. We heard that Melrose Place would often shoot two episodes at once. And I think maybe even Beverly Hills 90210 back in the 90s did that. 
If Will we get a bigger budget if we gain more momentum? No, we will not. <laughs> One thing that's famous about TV shows is as the seasons go on, your budget actually tends to get smaller because certain costs are bigger, like the actors contractually get paid more, writers contractually get paid more, certain producers get paid more. Um, and that money really comes out of the budget. So we definitely will not get a bigger budget. Although I will say there was a little adjustment for inflation this year because there had to be. Yeah. And this is definitely not just a Fox thing. Like Liz said, this is just a, this is really a budget thing. So any lean budget, as we like to call it, show, no matter what the network streamer, et cetera, could use the model of shooting two episodes at once. Ultimately, it's our decision. You know, we're a part of this decision and it's a way to get more for your money because when you only have one base camp, two crews going, you save a lot of money. So it allows more money, therefore, to go on the screen. And by shooting in a shorter period of time, that saves money. Sarah, like, would we do it again? I think we would, right? We would, but... We've learned a lot. I would prefer to do it without all the catastrophes that have happened yes. in, you know, our curse of season two season. Yes, yes. Last year, it was, it was hard, but it was fine. This year, just with all of the... Uh, COVID. Random, yeah. horrible things Food poisoning. Yeah. yeah. That kind of pushed it over the edge. Yeah. Okay, Liz, this is from Sarah in Montana. She writes, I listen to the Office Ladies podcast, and they often talk about continuity errors in the show. Whose job is it to specifically look out for continuity errors in a TV show, especially ones with several seasons? I can't imagine what a difficult job it must be on a show like This Is Us, where the show goes back and forth through generations in one episode. And how would a show like that get mapped out, especially if they don't have a contract for several seasons? Well, Sarah, first of all, before we answer this question, I have to mention, because she talks about the Office Ladies podcast, that Gretchen and I talked to Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey about their book, Office BFFs, on our Happier Book Club, and that's episode 381. So go listen to that. There's two different people in charge of continuity. For scripts, it's really our script coordinator who hopefully catches any inconsistencies at the script level. And then a very technical job is the script supervisor, who is the person on set who's watching to make sure that the hair is parted on the same way or that if you were holding a cup in your left hand, you're still holding it in your left hand and all of those things. Yeah, for example, recently we were watching a cut and the shot from behind Rosalind, she had a robe over her shoulder and then it fell off. And then in the shot from in front of her, the robe was on her shoulder again. So that's something that like the script supervisor would be saying, okay, don't use this take, use this take to the editor. And, you know, sometimes those things happen and it's really not noticeable. In this case it was, so we changed. <laughs> yeah. But that happens all the time. But it's funny, Sarah, because I would say for continuity of story, like what she's talking about, I mean, I think ultimately, at least at this point, you and I are really the keepers of Fantasy Island continuity. You and I know the show absolutely the best because we watch every episode many, many times. 
and have usually written on every episode to some degree. So we really know the show and we are the ones who are piping up saying, no, we can't do that because we said this in episode 106. And everyone's like, what's 106? Like we also refer to everything by number, which is just funny because you think, how could you keep that straight? But for two seasons, we can. We'll see. Hopefully we'll have more seasons and we'll not be able to keep track. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we could. That's true. But it's particularly confusing because in season one, we actually changed some numbers around. Right. So like episode 106, I think episode, wait, episode 105 aired fourth or no, episode 104 aired third. I don't remember. Anyway, we refer to particular episodes by their number, but they didn't necessarily air in that order. order. That's true. Anyway, okay, coming up, Sarah, everybody wants to know how you're liking Ojai. So you will tackle that question when we return from this short break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, you talked about your decision to homeschool that we have heard from a lot of people wanting to know how you and Violet are doing in Ojai. Would you move there again? Do you regret it? What are your thoughts? I'm dying to hear the answer to this as well. Well, I'm happy to report that the answer right now is different than my answer a couple of months ago. A couple of months ago, I absolutely would have said, yes, I regret it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to I have an I have to figure out my exit strategy. Um but at the moment and assuming things continue to go well, I don't regret it. Violet has a fantastic nanny. We have the nicest neighbors. I have complained about neighbors in the past here in Ohio, so I just want to say our neighbors are so nice. One of them walked over with a little lizard trap that he had handmade because he sees Violet doing lizard hunts and he brought it to her. Um, His wife the other day sent a little thing of berries that she grows in her backyard over. We have the sweetest neighbor across the street. She knows Violet loves snails. So whenever she finds a snail (laughs) in her garden, she brings it over to our house. Uh, The last time she showed up and she goes, I've never had such a strange neighbor relationship. (laughs) Oh, that's she was hilarious. standing at my front door with a trowel with snails oh on God. it. <laughs> um, that is so, so cute. Yeah. So our neighbors are really great and uh, Violet's doing really well. So at the moment, no, I'm I'm pleased to be here. We love our little house and our neighbors are fabulous. So Good. hopefully that will continue to be my answer. Yes. Now I just want you to get into like <laughs> a knitting circle or something. Oh, yes. I too. need that for you. 
Okay, and this is from Pamela. She says, I have to say that I laugh out loud whenever I hear Liz describe her penchant for buying practical pants whenever she's stressed. I'm curious about her definition of practical pants, and I wonder, has she ever worn any of these pants? I'm sorry, I get such a kick out of this question. Okay, she says, I too tend to buy practical clothes like work trousers and blouses whenever I'm feeling nervous or overwhelmed, but I've hardly ever worn them because my office environment is business casual. Casual. Translation, I have a lot of what I consider to be practical pants currently hanging in my wardrobe. Oh my gosh, Pamela, that, that is, is so funny. hilarious. <laughs> well, what I consider to be practical pants are pants that I would wear theoretically on set. So they're like water wicking, I guess I would describe <laughs> them. They are stretchy usually. They're short enough not to get in the way. They're like neutral colors, They're from like Athleta or Athleta, I can't remember how you pronounce it, or this company Vuori, I don't know how to pronounce that. Have I worn them a couple of times? Not a ton, to be honest. Because what happened is after I bought all my practical pants on that terror, I then discovered these Gap cargo joggers that I love. And I guess they're also practical pants, but they're like a little more stylish. So those I wore every single day in Puerto Rico, basically. So yes, those I wore, but many of my practical pants I've only worn one time and they're just like sitting in a drawer. But I probably will wear them in the future. Liz, I have a follow-up question, which is, do you ever wear them like in life in Los Angeles? Never. Are they purely Never. set pants? Never. <laughs> Purely set pants. I got so sick of all those pants. I I never want to wear them. No. (laughs) Or just in when we're there. It doesn't have to be on set. Okay, this comes from Mary. She says, can you give any insight into why TV shows and movies show so much vomit these days? It seems recent and I absolutely hate it. Why is it so popular? Shock factor? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Mary, we love this question also. This is actually one of our pet peeves as well. We worked with someone a long time ago who absolutely loved having people vomit in episodes in like the most horrific way possible. I'm going to vomit over a balcony on top of someone kind of thing. And we're just like, oh, it's too much. Anyway, we are with you. Yes, I think it is a shock factor. I think it's just something you can show. um, And so people want to show it. But, you know, after a while, like everything, it's like, yeah, we've seen it. Thanks. Yeah. We did have someone throw up on Fantasy Island, but it was off screen. We did not see the throw up coming out. Yes, that tends to be something we pull back on. It's like, if it happens, we don't want to see it. That's right. Okay, then we have a question from Fred. He wrote, you mentioned blank space on a script. Are any of your scripts from season one available or scripts you've written for other shows? Such an interesting question, Fred. We actually realized that no, none of them are available. We're we're trying to figure out how we can post our scripts on our website. So we may make some available in the near future. And it, we're going to at least put up a page in the show notes for this episode so you can see the um, blank space, at least on a page, what we mean. Yeah, we actually thought we would use a picture of a script page as our photo for the episode yes. on the website. So if you go to happierinhollywood.com, the photo next to this episode will be of of a Fantasy Island script page. Yes. 
Okay, this is from Jill, Sarah. She says, two questions. What is your favorite pizza topping? And what is your ultimate vacation spot you've always wanted to go to? Well, I'm a pepperoni person, first of all. How about you? Black olives. I've been thinking about this because I feel like whatever pizza combination of anything I ever get, I always have black olives. So that's mine. Okay. And what is your ultimate vacation spot you've always wanted to go to? Oh, We worked with a writer who went to Bali for her honeymoon and one of those, you know, suites on the water with the walkways. I'm just like, that's it. I don't know when I'm ever going to go, but someday that is my dream vacation spot for sure. Yes. Wasn't it Fiji? Because that's my dream vacation spot too, but I thought it was Fiji. You know what? I will go to either one. Okay. Yeah, me too. But that's funny. <laughs> we did not discuss this in exactly the same memory. Her description of her trip yeah. is exactly my also my fantasy vacation spot. We'll have to email her and find okay. out what resort she went to and exactly where it was. Yes. Girls trip. All right, Sarah, coming up, we have a question from my sister, Gretchen. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Liz, your fabulous sister, Gretchen Rubin, wrote in with a question. She asked, your positions as showrunners mean that you're involved in every aspect of doing a TV show. In addition to the writing, are there any areas that you particularly enjoy working on? Costumes, sets, props, music, lighting, etc. Well, I don't think we'd be too valuable in the lighting department. We would not. We would suck. Yeah. Our DP would be like, and please go. Just please go. (laughs) I'm going to say casting. I don't know if that's what it is for you, Mm. Sarah, but I think we enjoy casting, partially because we have such a great relationship with our casting director, Mark Rutman, that we just enjoy talking to him. And so it's fun. But also, I think it's such a huge part of television. Like, I think over the years, we've realized casting is just so important. And so we enjoy that. Or at least that's what I enjoy. What about you? Editing? Um, Definitely casting. But I really, yeah, editing. I really like editing. You're really I good at it. Yeah, giving editing notes. Thanks, Liz. I just like the minutia of it, yeah. which sounds terrible. But the just, you know, that you can... The puzzle. That's it. Yes, exactly. I I love editing, and and that you you're getting in there one last time to be like, okay, this is the important moment. This we can move quickly over. I I just find it really fun. And then the the strange thing, Liz, is there have been parts of making shows that we have liked in the past that because of the pandemic and how things are changing, we Mm. don't like anymore. Like we used to really like spotting, for example, which is where you get together with the composer and everyone in the music department and the editor and you sit and you watch the episode all in a room together and you talk about like, this is where the music should come in. This is where it should go out. This is what the tone should be, you know, and it's a, it was like a fun conversation. And now that it's all remote, 
It's just, it's just it's not just, fun. Yeah, it's a drag now, and it's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Sarah, on the editing front, remember Sean Ryan, who once again created The Shield, always says that editing is the final rewrite. So you like the final rewrite. Absolutely. And you can take a cut. I think what I really enjoy is seeing the change from the first cut that we get, which often makes us just want to curl into a ball and (laughs) weep for days, to where we end up, which we love. It's like so satisfying to see the development. It is. Great question, Gretch. Yes. Thanks, Gretchen. (laughs) Finally, Sarah, this question comes from Vic. She says, hi, enjoyed your conversation with Audrey Monkey. You referenced an episode with her recorded early in the pandemic. Would you please send a link to that? Audrey's actually been on a few times. So we are going to link to all of the Audrey episodes in these show notes, which you can find at happierinhollywood.com. And we want to remind everyone that we are going to have a Facebook book club about Audrey's book, Happy Campers, in June, mid coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we will announce when that is. Yeah. And you can read Audrey's book in print, or you can listen to the audiobook, which is actually what I'm listening to now. I have read the book <laughs> um, because I love the book and carried it around with me all through the pandemic. But right now I'm listening to the audiobook. And what's nice about it is Audrey has one of those voices that I don't tune out. Mm. Often when I listen to audiobooks, it just like, especially if I'm doing anything else, I just, I'm not hearing it anymore, but I actually am hearing her, which is so great. Anyway, so yeah, Audrey's episodes are 123, then we did a bonus episode, and then 260, and you can find the links in our show notes. And that is it for part one of this spring listener questions episode. Thank you, everyone, for the awesome questions. We'll be answering more of them next week. And keep sending in questions because we do have our mailroom segment. You can send questions to happierinhollywood at gmail.com or send us a voice memo. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sencola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sencola Sound. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole 30's Melissa Urban and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. And thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. As always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at sfain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Oh, did you see my update, Liz? Oh, I don't know. What was it? The Busy Bunch license plate? No. Oh, okay. So Saturday night when we went to the movie, someone with a Busy Bunch on their license plate, B-Z-Y-B-N-C-H. And I was like, this would be a good update because that is totally busy bragging. Like, no question. That That I found obnoxious busy bragging. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. From the Onward Project.